Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find opinion articles, podcasts, including ours truly, and also modalidades, if you will. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Uh, where you can get merch, you can sign to get exclusive content and share your Benfiquism. Ser Benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é culto. É que dá que é liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para a explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolphin Fika podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasters, as always. Episode number 427 is what we're up to. And I got bad news for, for everyone that's uh, that's tuning in. Uh, we will not have the curling, the Portuguese curling team tonight for entertainment. I'm sorry, but we'll have to talk about sad things this time around. I had so many questions. <laughs> with with me as always, uh, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, como é que é, amigo? Washapi, David. What's up, Capitão? What's up, Freddy's? Pa, pronto for another miserable night of Benfica. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> we do we do this a lot, man. We do this a lot. Dave, how are you, man? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling Chris's sentiments. Usually it's the positivity of uh, Cristiano, but even uh, Chris is feeling down today. So that's got to tell you uh, something. But Mr. Positive. Uh, yeah, but uh, as always, we're all treated as a, a free therapy session. And we've got our Freddies in the uh, chat, too. So uh, we'll get through it all together here tonight. What's going on, Freddies? Yes, unfortunately, no campismo. I wish, Dave, we gotta have you do some. Uh, I some sent him an email. I sent him an email once to the uh, to the department, and nobody responded back to me. Maybe they got no internet, uh, or they're out camping. So yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Maybe they're out <laughs> camping, Dave. <laughs> so anyway, here we are. As I said, episode number four hundred twenty-seven. Here's what we got for you tonight. We'll talk about the derby. Um, I'm sure Cristiano is is ready to talk about it. We'll also look ahead to Kiev, which happens tomorrow, uh, and gauge how everybody's feeling on that Kiev game. Uh, and also for Malikão, who uh, we play, we travel up north to play for Malikão on Sundays, 1 p.m. or 6 p.m. local, 1 p.m. here in the in the states. Um, so let's get right into this derby, big game for Benfica. Uh, a game where uh, Benfica in their stadium needed to stamp their authority and and at least stay with the front three or 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 make a, a break out of those front uh, three or or gain ground if you will. Um, and Sporting, the defending champions, uh, really uh, had other intentions. I'll give you the lineup and then we'll get going. Vlakodimus, Almeida, Otamendi, Vertonghen, Lazarum, Grimaldo, Weigel, and João Mario, Rafa, Darwin, and Everton. Cristiano. I think that this might have been the the lineup that you uh, that you said 
JJ was going to line up with because I had said Seferovic and you said Darwin. I mean, as we've gotten accustomed to here on the podcast over the many, many years recently, you know, I'm always right. What can I say? <laughs> with the exception of... Uh, when I'm wrong. With the exception with, when I'm wrong. With, with the exception <laughs> of you uh, thinking that JJ was going to be the saint and savior. <laughs> Let's let's get let's get right into that because you he is he he might be the savior for 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 our rivals, he's being a savior for somebody because it's not working out for us recently. You F- did uh, you actually tweeted, uh, and it's very humble of you. You actually <laughs> tweeted on uh, was it Saturday or Sunday? Sunday, Friday night. I think late Friday, Friday night. Friday, yeah, Friday night. You didn't even wait to cool down. You tweeted, and you you basically you apologized. You you apologized uh, for. Uh, for your opinion on JJ, and you realize that you're wrong, and and sorry to, that you misled people, right? Was that the the tweet? I don't have it in front of me. Alfredo, are you familiar with the term reverse jinx? <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're reverting to now. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, obviously, I thought some people would actually laugh at it, but there were some people that actually were very offended, I guess, by my support of JJ over the last couple of years that some people took it personal and they they wanted me to to uh you know hear their feelings and you know rightfully so they hear mine here on the podcast appreciate it thank you for tuning in so hey twitter's exactly for that right to to, to exchange opinions and feelings and in the right manner and uh i thought we did so so credit to them for for commenting but i was it was one of those about I apologize to any of you guys that I convinced over the years that this guy was a good coach. But the funny part is, if you look at that tweet, I never once mentioned JJ. I I just said the coach. (laughs) I didn't mention anybody. They just all took it upon themselves. I could have been talking about Joe Judge with my New York Giants. You know what I mean? (laughs) I could have been talking about a number of coaches for my terrible choice in teams. But I guess everybody just assumed it was JJ. And, you know, I mean, look, they they were right. They were right. It was about JJ. Um, Very... (laughs) Very tough. I'm glad that you've admitted it. Uh, yeah, it's a very tough pill to swallow, man. I mean, as we've been going back and forth um, in chats, in our group chat, and even before you click live here um, on tonight's podcast, we often come on here and we jokingly, you know, half joke, half serious. We're like, you know, we'd rather talk curling. We'd rather be doing anything else and talk about But... Uh, I think with each passing month, there is more like truthfulness, more honesty, more meaning, I should say, behind that statement. And I'm getting to that point where it's just like, man, I'm just and I understand we're going to go through ups and downs, but there's more negativity than positive. And, you know, and it's just it's it's getting old, man. Like, so I think, you know, for all the Freddies. I'm gonna do them a big favor today. I'm just gonna sit back and allow Dave to talk because I've, no. I've, I've been sticking my foot in my mouth for far too long. So uh, I'd rather you guys. Uh, I'm, no, on the night that we want to hear from you, Chris. Now, yeah. now you're gonna pull that out. And I'm a little upset because you and I didn't talk uh, right after the game. Uh, as a matter of fact, we didn't talk until sa- uh, Saturday morning. But we didn't talk about the game at all. No. Um, it was funny because you don't know this. You don't know this, Alfredo. You don't know this, but it's funny. Did you know because you hung up, and I'm like, uh, and I was gonna ask you up miseria, but you hung up before I said that. So I just I left it alone. But go ahead, continue. 
Um, no, we didn't talk to you. Uh, I didn't talk to you. And then I think the, either Sunday or yesterday we, we had spoken. No, it was yesterday we spoke. And which you said, oh, I got all these people calling me, asking me for my thoughts on a game. And, I, you know, to be honest with you, if I was a Freddy or if I was who I am, I'd feel cheated because you're you're giving your ass for free. Well, you, your opinions are Benfica podcast opinions. If you if people want to hear your opinion, they need to tune in. So, Max D, the mal servido, mal pago. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is the truth. The, the the funny part is, look, I for those of you that know me, um, no, I absolutely I love to talk. I, I might talk in my sleep, in anything sports, in any other nonsense that I'm, which is not a lot of other nonsense that I'm informative informed on. I should say. So obviously, most majority ninety nine point nine 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 percent of my conversations is uh is about sports. But the thing that bothers me is. You get a phone call of someone wanting, you know, requesting my opinion on whatever subject matter it may be for that moment. And then the minute I tell them they disagree, they want to argue with me on it. And I'm like, bro, why are you calling me to ask me my opinion if you're going to argue with me on it? So it's so for you, Freddies, that, that call me, you guys know who you are. Stop that shit. Because I'm going to start telling, yo, listen to the Beefy Podcast because I'm not here to argue with anybody. And especially right now, man. Like, it's such such turmoil, such down times. I mean, you want you me to get to, into you, this, man. You have to save um, your your premium advice for a premium platform such as the Befica podcast. And that is in your contract. Don't forget you got a, a non-disclosure, non-compete contract that you signed that you can't get away from it. But anyway, that's why people pay the uh, the two dollars a month or the five dollars uh, a month on uh, BI, the Benfica Independent. That's right. Interest. That's right. Let me um let, let me st- I'll start with you, Dave, because uh, w- once we get Cristiano going, there's no stopping him. Yeah. But but uh, as I'm watching this game, uh, and as we all are, right from the beginning, right, we saw the attitude and the intentions that Sporting had. Right. Uh, they were a lot more intense. On the on the fifty fifties or any time that there was a ball to be disputed, they were more intense. They pressed at times when they felt that they needed to press, uh, and then they targeted Jomari. Dave, how did Jomari was what five fouls in the first fifteen minutes? Dave, how did you um how did you see the start of the game by by Sporting man? It, it, this is a Sporting without uh, Kowatish and uh paulinha as well right this is supposed to be the preview of the game was oh they're missing their most two most uh important players in this match and you wouldn't have noticed that by the way they they came out here right they they brought the game to benfica um the the fouling on joao mario i don't know if that was uh them kind of getting a, a dig at him for for leaving in the off season and not being with the but with the club but they definitely let him know that they weren't going to uh, to take it easy on him uh, at all. And uh, they came into our our house. And these are the performances that we're used to seeing from uh, the guys up north, not our, our rivals uh, across the street. Usually it's us that's uh, bullying them around. But uh, that performance on Friday was truly embarrassing and, and good on sporting they a plus how they played they were clinical on the chances that they 
they had and we definitely were not clinical on, on our, our chances uh any chances that we created but uh just uh, a very piss poor performance by benfica on on friday yeah no it, it, and sporting set the tone uh they set the tone they were aggressive and look dave you, you touched up on on something i want to say um this is a sporting team that uh, couple of two and a half years back had their world turned upside down by the invasion of the academy um by the invasion of a sacred place if you will for for players and coaches and and all of that right um and fast forward two and a half years they have won one league they're right in the thick of it with uh, porto this year uh and you can't help but to, to look back and said this was a moment in time that could have destroyed a team or could have set back a team 10 years. Let's just say that. No one recovers from that. They lost very important players because players decided to walk because of the, the whole incident. But yet, here they are. Here they are. And, uh, and I think it's time that – and we'll get into the game in a little bit. But I think it's time that we start taking sporting series – uh, so all that conversation said, oh, that, you know, they're good till Christmas and then after Christmas. No, this is a serious sporting team who, um, we have to give a lot of credit to the coach, right? We have to look at this team and, and, and think there's very few superstars in this team. There's probably not a lot of guys that, uh, that could play in, 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 in top teams, in 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 Europe, let's just say that because they're young, they're inexperienced, albeit they have they have some talent, they have margin of progression, right? But Ruben Amorim took these players, understood the characteristics, went and got a guy here and, and a guy there to fit his system, and here's where they are. The results are are very visible, are very visible. So you know. Kudos to them. I think that they won the game fair and square. They, they were better than than Benfica. Their attitude from the start is the attitude that Benfica should have had from the start while playing at home, but they didn't have. They let Sporting overcome them. And then in, in the eighth minute, Chris, we were already down one nothing, And it was reflective on how Sporting came to play. I don't quite see it the same way you do. <clears throat> Not that you're wrong. I just don't see it the same way you do. I think Sporting has been a perfect storm for them. You know what I mean? Like last season really helped them out. There was really no much pressure on them. I think Benfica and Porto tripped over their own legs. And look, that's not take credit away from them. They did what they had Chris, to do. they have pressure now. And yeah, what are they doing I, now? I was getting to that point. I think that the manager on Friday at the start of the lose, I think he put on a coaching clinic and he was – I mean, he won that match. Talking about a chess match, he, I don't know whatever the terms are, but I know if it was checkers, you know, when you double stack them and you could eat all over like Pac-Man all over the board, that's basically what he did. I don't know what it's called in chess, but he definitely won that chess match. Check, checkmate. Whatever that's called. But I think Sporting, <laughs> as, 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 you know, as good as they played, I, I think there's, you know, a move away from – Really taking a step back. I think Ruben Amorim makes the big difference there. I think he's 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 pressed all the right buttons. I think he's used these guys to perfection. I think he's a tremendous communicator. And and the most impressive part about it is obviously his X's and O's. And as I mentioned before, a tactical tactical class, genius by him uh, at the start of the lose the other day. So I wouldn't sit here and 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 praise these guys too much. They have a nice little team. 
Um, but I, again, I, I think Benfica is just uh, digging in their own way, as, as I mentioned before. Benfica is just not doing what they're supposed to do. Benfica is supposed to be playing at a much higher level than what they are. From the coaching staff, from the players, there's just something that's missing, guys. And I think that's what's got me so disappointed and so disheartened over the last couple of days is, you know, I stuck up for JJ and, and, and <clears throat> you know, I still think he's a hell of a coach, but whatever that coach is, wherever that coach was, he's he's not at the start of the lose. He's not been the same coach since he's been back. As you guys know, Dave Alfredo, we've gotten into these conversations last year over and over. I, I gave him a pass. I, I took this COVID thing a little bit more serious or I shouldn't, not that you guys didn't take it serious, but I think you guys didn't, weren't buying into the excuse. I bought into that excuse a little bit more than you guys did. But, but fast forward six months after that. And it's just like, nothing's really changed. And it's disappointing. I think that there's a disconnect between coach and players as much as I appreciate. And as much as I, I like JJ as a coach, the fact is, right now, he might not be the coach to fit this team. I think JJ's the type of guy that you put up with his bashing of players, of his abusive behavior. When you're winning, when you're getting results, you put up with that and you move on. You do what you have to do. But when the results aren't coming, I think that wears thin on players. And the other thing, I'm not trying to call this new generation wussies, but it's or soft, but it's just they're different. You know, back in the days, in our heyday, Alfredo, it, it, if a coach was in the locker room, he's a communicator. You look at him like he's crazy because you're so used to getting bashed and ah, because that's what that's what motivated players back in the days. Today, you need most importantly, believe it or not, more importantly so than X's and O's in today's football, you need a guy who's a communicator, a guy that's able to explain. What is, you know, the reasons behind whatever it is, his choices are, whether you're playing or you're not playing, you need these massaging of egos in the locker room today. That's more important or as important, if not more important than X's and O's, because players need to buy into that. And I think Amurin's done a tremendous job and all the other coaches, because you see a guy like J.J., I don't think he lost it. I mean, the guy knows. I mean, the guy's been successful. You say what you want at Sporting. Yeah, he didn't win the title, but it's the most success they had in you know in the history of their club. I mean, as far as goals score, goals against, points, though, they didn't win the title. Took a hell of a run by Benfica in the second half and Ruby Torrio and his men. But still, they they set all types of records for the club and yada, yada, yada. Then he goes to Brazil. Then you compare him, not compare, but then you add a, a coach like, like uh, Jose Mourinho. A guy who's won at every level that the guy's been on at every club and whatever. But now it seems like football's passed him by. Do you think the guy forgot X's and O's? No, that guy that guy knows more X's and O's than you and I will ever freaking learn. You know what I'm saying? He's forgot more X's and O's than, than the three of us combined will ever learn. But the thing is, he's not the greatest communicator. And it seems like the players get tired of it. And again, when you're winning, you put up with that. And when you're not winning, it's important to be able to speak to these players, to have, a, to have an open-door policy. Knowing that you could go to your coach at any time is important. Having a kid like a Gonzalo Rubs understand why I'm not playing every single week, right? And having a coach explain to you, look, you're young, and we got five other options ahead of you, bro. Your day's going to come. I have confidence. That motivates a guy. That keeps a guy motivated as opposed to turning my back on your pa. Falo contigo quando eu tiver tempo. And that trickles down to other players. You've seen it in games. You've seen Gilberto, calma, porra, scream. You've seen Verissimo, get back at him. You see these guys 
starting to fight a coach more. You were back in the days you didn't see that. So it's a different beast. And I understand not getting rid of him today right away because you have a very important game on Wednesday. But at the same time, as I told you, Alfredo, off air, Benfica's only four points behind Porto in Sporting. They're both tied for first place in Portugal. It, it, it's not a ridiculous number that they're behind that they can't overturn, right? Benfica could very well have a tremendous second half and overturn this. Look, they play Porto in two weeks. They, they could be a point back, you know, whatever, from Porto. And all of a sudden, season looks different. They could still turn around and win this campeonato. But that being said, if Benfica wins a campeonato, I still don't think he's coming back next year. So for that reason alone, we cut ties. Well, his contract is over. Exactly. He's year. not coming back. I, and, and even if – look, Benfica's not going to renew. I, don't, I Honestly, I don't think Benfica's going to bring him back next year. I think that this – Even if he wins the league. Even if he wins the league. I think this Flamengo thing is serious. I think the money's going to be crazy. I think Benfica's going to turn around and say, look, man, we could both walk out of here squeaky clean. You go your way. We go our way. It, it, it's not working. And 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 it was the on Friday, watching the way the two teams were playing. Sporting, they played as a block. They played as one. Paulinho did a tremendous job of putting applying enough pressure with your center backs and, and basically taking Vigol out of the game. Benfica had no passing lanes. When they had guys pressing, those other guys already in behind them covering. You seen the tactical. You seen the game plan of where Benfica played in the same exact formation, and we every time we'd apply pressure, but there was tremendous amount of space in between, <clears throat> um, you know, the next the, the line of the midfield line, whatever sectors, whatever you want to call it. it. It was like Sporting did a tremendous job of pressing as one, as a block, always having one move having to do with the other. It's like chess, where Benfica was just like, yo, you would you press, we sit back here, you know, it, it is just disjointed, and so. I, I I don't want to call JJ a domo because he's not. It's just the team's not buying into his philosophy. And so if you think that you still have a tremendous team, you have an opportunity to turn around and still salvage the season and, and you know, go for the club. You're still in the Champions League, right? You still was it right now. That's um, a Portugal still ought to play for it. If you really think that there is a disconnect between player and manager, Rui Costa has to look. That's what he gets paid for. He has to make that decision. He has to. He has to rectify that before it's out of hand. I don't believe in that thought process, Dave. Of well, we're gonna give him until the end of the month. Let him play Porto. Why? By then, you could be out of the tasa. By then, you could be seven points behind. Why? If you believe that there is a problem between manager and player, and again, I don't know that for sure. Okay, I'm speculating here. But these guys on the inside, they know what's going on. If there is a problem between manager and players, why wait until everything collapses in on you? Why not start pulling up the guard already and holding up the walls? Why not start pushing it back? Bring in the right people. As opposed to, oh, we'll wait. We're going to give him until the end of the month. So we're going to give him an opportunity to F everything up. Is that what you're saying? If you really believe, if that's what it takes, right? If that's really your thought process. We're going to wait to see what happens, which means then you got no confidence in him because if he fails, you're going to let him go. So why even give him the opportunity to do that? Because if you had any confidence that he could do the job, you'd say, no, this is the manager. So at the end of the year, this is my manager. Get what I'm saying, Alfredo? Oh, I understand. I've been talking, I've been talking for way too much. No, man. but I, I understand. Um, I, I understand. I, 
I think what what bugs me is also um, the lack of communication by Benfica, right? Uh, and it seems to us that, or it seems to me at least, that the only person that we hear from Benfica is Jorge Zouche and uh, the master communicator that he is, right? I wish there was somebody in the structure, and it doesn't have to be Rui Costa because I understand he's, he's the president now and that those are not jobs for him. But I wish I would, there was somebody in the structure that could speak speak out to fans. Um, and even if it's JJ, say, even if it's Rui Costa, says, he's our coach, he's going to finish out the year, and we'll, yeah, but you we'll, know we'll what see happens? where we're at. You know what happens when that happens? You say <laughs> you that, sack him the following week. No, that dreaded vote of confidence, right? He starts, oh, they're giving a vote of confidence. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. So, like, I don't agree. And in, in, in it's it's touchy here because I know that many guys, the many, many, many Freddies, many guys and gals and people listening, big figures around the world, and they're not wrong when they say this. But, look, I don't – when they say they should hear from the club, I don't agree with it. But, look, like, we're saucies, we're payment. I get that. But I don't think every time there's a misstep, a bad result, somebody from the club has to come out and get faced. No, bro. I mean, look, let them handle it. But you have to handle it. I don't need recourse to recourse every time. Yo, we fucked up. Yeah, yeah, we dropped two points. Uh, no shit, sure. Well, thank you. I wasn't aware of that. And then we go to another game. Yo, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we lost today. Like, thank you. Like, if you're gonna talk, it's to make changes. It's not to give me this. Well, we need to rectify. Like this last speech, right? Oh, the club. We're gonna we're gonna attack the transfer market differently, blah, 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 blah. bro. I don't want to hear it. Get it done. I'd rather have someone that barely comes out and talks, but gets things done, than have someone every week telling me what I want to hear. Because if if nothing changes, I don't care. So yeah, I but, dis but, I disagree with that, Alfredo. Where but somebody should we leave? Should we leave the communication up to JJ? But he is your manager. He is the face of your team. So you, what do you want, Verissimo? It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I just I wanted to uh, to bring up here to uh, and Cristiano, you've been confronted with this with uh, with Bruno Gil Rodriguez is saying the first half was horrible, but it could have changed if Darwin and or Rafa Ball goes in and tied the game one one. I, I game. do understand that that's that's a valid point, but here's the thing. Sporting was so dominant over Benfica throughout that first half and the second half that even if Benfica had scored, I think that Sporting would have found a way to get more goals. Watching that game, I felt like Sporting and Ruben Amorim, being a Benfiquista, probably listens to the podcast because I gave you the method. I gave you the recipe to beat Benfica a few years, a few uh, weeks ago, which was give Benfica the ball. And just sit back and let Benfica. They can't create. They got nobody that can beat nobody one on one. Yeah. The only way Benfica is successful is when Rafa and Darwin are on a counter. That's the only thing. Because besides that, Sporting did exactly. They gave him the ball, and I felt like every time. And this is why. Look, whoever said that they could have scored and it's one one. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But then I mean, if we're gonna play the ifs, right? If Barcelona would have scored right before halftime, then Benfica doesn't beat them three nothing. But but if, if 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 like we could be here all day. Fact is that I felt. Every time Sporting wanted the ball, it's like they said, okay, Krim's the baller. They apply pressure. They got it. And within one, two, three passes, the most, they're in our box yeah, creating danger. And then we'd have the ball for 10 minutes. And then Sporting's like, okay, fuck it. I want the ball. We get the ball <laughs> and boom, attacking right away. And that was all game long. You saw Sporting always had numbers around the ball. 
Sporting always had numbers in key situations in space. When Sporting was defending, they had numbers. When Sporting was attacking, they had numbers. And we're always playing a man or two down. Our midfield that keeps getting run over by all our opposition, small teams, big teams, whatever you want to call it. I understand that João Mario gives you a little bit of that consistency of ball, a little bit more ball control, you know, Joe Marty po- poses no <laughs> but, threat. Joe Marty is by the box. And I'm not criticizing because this is not a Joe Marty thing. I think this is a, a, a system thing, a club team, a, a club thing. You guys hate on Adel Trapp, but Adel Trapp, when he got the ball and I'm Ruben Amorim and I'm positioning my defenders, and I'm telling him what to do. He's got, to, I got to watch be- for a run behind me. I got to be on my tippy toes because somebody might be making, because he can put the ball there. Joe Mario, Vigo. They pose no such threat. I'm a defender. Joe Mario got the ball. I'm chilling. I'm, I don't got to worry behind my back. We, yeah. So whether it's that, forget that. I'm just using an example. Benfica needs a creative presence in the middle of the park that could string a pass, that could thread a pass. We don't have any danger. Those times, go, f- guys, and I'm making this up. Look at the video. Go back and watch the game. In the first half, Joe Mario gets the ball by the box as opposed to trying to take somebody one-on-one, crossing the plays it back uh, again i guess if you're not turning it over right your possession you're not losing right but you're not posing any threat you're not creating benfica was a very if I, there, there was there was no zone in this game it was as if you know and then i hear the you know oh jj needs to motivate you know bro ladies and gentlemen let me let me explain a little something to you man before i get quiet if you need, if you play for Port Sporting, whatever, I don't, Manchester, whatever, name the freaking club. If you play for your local pub and you play the rival pub and you need somebody to pump you up, bro, quit. You shouldn't be playing. If any Sporting player needs Ruben Amuri to pump them up to play against Benfica, quit. You shouldn't be playing. Just like Benfica. Bro, these guys should be motivating themselves to play in these games. These are the games that everyone dreams about playing in. That was it. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to say is that, uh, and Chris, uh, yeah, okay. Um, what I what I wanted to say <laughs> was that, um, look, uh, we all know this, right? This is not a surprise. Benfica has a supporting staff of uh, guys that scout teams, guys that analyze video, guys that rip video to show uh, in team meetings. And, and to me, what baffles me is that the game plan that J.J. had for this game didn't work. But he didn't have a, a plan B. He, he had to know that João Mario was going to get, get target. He had to know that Rafa was going to get dried up because he's, he wasn't going to have any, any, any room in front of him to run with the ball. Why doesn't he have an alternative plan to circumvent that? You know, as and you were talking about chess before, and in 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 a lot of ways, football is like a chess match, right? Between coaches, where they have to move pieces, where they have to see where the other team is being more dangerous, and you kind of have to make adjustments to safeguard or to be more dangerous or to be more defensive, depending on what you're doing, right? And to me, it was a clear failure by JJ not seeing what Ruben Amorim was going to bring to the game. Even if it's, okay, I think he's going to bring this or he might bring that. He wasn't prepared for either way. And as you mentioned, Cristiano, Spartan gave the ball to Benfica. 
Uh, I think, as a matter of fact, both halves ended at the same percentage, the same possession percentage, which was like 60 against 35 or 65 against 35, whatever it was. Sporting was content just backing down as a block when they needed to so they wouldn't give uh, uh, room behind their center backs for, for Darwin or for, for Hafa. And then when they needed, they pressed. They pressed because they knew that Benfica couldn't come out of the back with the ball in control. So Benfica would have to hoof the ball. To me, it's just again and again this year we've seen things happen and JJ is 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 helpless in making a move that's going to change things or or making a move to adapt to what he's seeing. And it, it's just like I don't it's it's mind-boggling that a guy of his experience with the coaching staff that he has behind him, I'm sure he has a guy all the way up top where they release Vitoria looking at how the players are lining up and, and sending that information down to uh, João Deus. And it's it's either not being digested, it's either not being believed, but the guy constantly fails at adapting or making moves to make the team better. Uh, and this, this isn't all on, on him. I think that you, there's a lot to be said about a, a team that uh, hosts their their rival and can't match the rival's intensity. To me, that that's where Benfica lost this game when they couldn't match Sporting's intensity. Uh, because if they had, if Benfica had been as intense as Sporting was, then perhaps this game doesn't doesn't turn out to be uh, the way it did. Or at least it, w- it wouldn't have been a, a, as big as a margin as it was. Well, Alfredo, that ties into my point about the motivation. That, that's right. Exactly, I, I, you know, Benfica, throughout the whole game, we never won the, 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 the you know, the secondary balls. On a 50-50, it was always Sporting got to those balls first. It, it just, I don't know, man. There's something that's not right at the club, and I can't point my finger at it. All I know is that, look, we could get rid of JJ, but we're now on three coaches. That seems that I don't know. There's something that the club starts off well and then they falter somewhere down the line as as if they're not interested. I don't know, but it, it it's not a good sign. And so, as much as we want to rip JJ and and look, I'm just I'm I'm, t- I'm on the I'm on that wagon where I've been defending him for a while now. I'm just tired of defending him. And so it, it, you know, I'll just say that. If you're really not bringing a guy back, why are you even having him there? You know what I'm saying? Why not try to fix it? Why not try to get someone that that fits your project, someone that fits your game plan, someone that fits your ideas? The other thing that gets me upset about JJ is the whole Seychelles for it. Now, again, I'm not one of these guys, and you guys know that. I'm not one of these guys. Oh, Seychelles, they're first place now. Oh, to promote the whole team. No, I'm not. You know I'm not one of those guys. But the fact is that our whole youth system, everybody plays in a 4-3-3 formation, and you see it, and and Dave, put it in hockey terms, right? It's Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm pretty sure their farm system plays the same exact system that they play up in the big leagues, right? So like that, when you call up a player to the big leagues, the player knows the system. He doesn't have to adapt. It's familiar to him. It should be just obviously not going to perform to the level of the veterans, but jump in, and you know it should be familiar to you, right? In Benfica, you go from a 4-3-3, your whole youth career, to then you get to the big team, it's a 3-4-3. The whole system has changed. So now when you're calling up a kid from Benfica's B team, from the U, from the U19 team, it's going to take time for that kid to adapt because he's not familiar in that system. 
I think they need to coordinate. I think they need to be on the same page. And to me, that's JJ. JJ need, and again, JJ's coaching style, but the club needs to identify with a coach that's gonna fit, that's gonna be in their mold, that's gonna fit what they want to do going forward. So the whole shebang is disjointed. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. With your your four four uh four three three uh formation there, Chris, especially well, we can utilize this time now with uh, a Verissimo out with due to injury. I don't know why he's still resorting to this three yeah. four three formation and, and plugging in guys like Almeida in the center back position. If you're not going to use Moratu, then revert to that four three three. Get that extra midfielder in there that whether it's a pizzi or a, yeah. a, a terapt or even a guy like like jetson too right it, we have the two center backs there with vertongan and otamendi if you're not going to use moratu switch it back to the four three three formation and, and get that extra midfielder in there oh, bro here's the thing i'm sorry Fred. here's the thing i kind of you know me i'm i'm, I'm messed up right because i'm i'm one of those and Alfredo, you know this better than Dave. I talked about this my whole life. You, you can't fit a, a square peg into a round hole or a round pole hole into a square peg, whatever the hell you want to call it, right? Whatever. It's a pro- so I believe you put players where they're best suited to perform, where they're most comfortable, right? So I kind of get the whole thing like, yo, Otamendi's the quarterback of your defense. You're not going to put him on the right and then put Vertonghen in the middle. But I, and then, you know, the, the whole BS with the lefties can't play on the right. In a the, in the crazy concocted way, I kind of understand that. But you try to tell me, dude, honestly, that's not cut you off, Alfredo. You try to tell me that today, and I don't give a shit that he hasn't played in two years. We don't know nothing about it. We don't even know if this guy's alive. But you try to tell me that today, Ferro is not a better option than Andrea Almeida? And if that's the case, why the hell's Ferro on the team then? Why'd you even keep him? So I get the whole thing. You don't want to play lefties. But what's the what's the reason we're, not, we're playing Ferro? Why even have it on team if you're never going to play him? Hey, look, um, while I understood the change to the to the three four three or, or whatever, however you want to call it, um, certainly when you got guys like Verissim Vertonghen and, and Otamendi, it's it's hard to to think you're going to leave one of those guys on the bench, uh, whether it's every other week or not. So I understood going to that setup, but now that you lost Verissim, and this is something that we said here. Three weeks ago, when Verissim went down, or two weeks ago, whatever it was, let's take this opportunity to go to the 4-3 or 4-4-2, whatever. You know what I mean. Um, But I agree with you. And look, you can make an argument that Murato is a left footer and JJ likes likes to play Murato on, deploy Murato on the left side of the defense. You can make that argument, right? And and he's not wrong. But you're right. Where is... If Almeida is being adapted into the center back, where's is Ali Ferro? And why is Ferro on this team? Million dollar question, bro. Ferro, why doesn't Maite play? Whether you think, whether you and I think Maite is a good player, Dave, the, the, the Freddies, that's irrelevant. Fact of the matter is that when Maite joined this team, he got the sign off by JJ. Yep. And now JJ doesn't play him? But, but who are you going to take out to play uh, I, Maite? I don't, what, uh, I, listen. Joe Mari hasn't been the same player for like last two months. They say he's picked up an injury. He's been, he's been tired. I don't know. Alfredo, figure it out. But the point is that you signed off on a player, and now you're not using him. That's the point. Forget who you take out, Alfredo. You could give the guy 20 minutes a game. The point is, what the hell are they doing? 
Why is the coaching staff saying okay to a player that obviously, obviously, they don't think can play on their system? They don't think he's good enough to play because he doesn't get any playing time. Why is the club going to get a player that doesn't fit what we need? The whole everything. Well, maybe we need to look at the scout, whoever scouted the guy, and what notes were passed. Because but, if JJ expressly asked, "I want a guy with with this this quality, this quality, this quality, this quality," and if he ticked all the boxes and he came in, and now all of a sudden say, he's not the guy they was expecting, then we have a problem. JJ, JJ, done you hard drive, bro. With every player in the world, remember the interview? What was it? He had the, yeah, he knows about every player. You telling me that J.J. said, Epa, go get me a guy six feet tall, plays with his right foot. He can run all day, and they can't, this the guy, and he didn't see any video on this guy? I mean, Alfredo, that seems a little, and if that is the case, this is a Mickey Mouse operation. Because just because you spent, I need a guy like this, and you still don't go check the guy? You as the coach, as the manager, don't know who this player is? The scouting department is not putting video in front of him. Look, this is the guy we think fits what you asked. Come on, bro. Don't just that, say. That's what I said. It's, if it's, he was expressly asked by JJ and all of a sudden he doesn't play, whose who's fault is that? Is it the players that, that's not putting it? No, I ultimately I put it on JJ. I think it's JJ's fault. Or is it the scout? I think it's JJ's fault because I don't believe this. Like I said, I don't believe Alfred. But I'm scared preto with 20 inch rims and they showed up. Tamala. And he just took it. Bro, no. I think he knows. He has to know about, like, oh, yeah, oh, look, it's, it's it's a red car, big red. Okay, fine. You just buy it. You know, you're going to take it for a test drive, right? You got you to gotta look more into it. Um, to, oh, look, on. to me, and, and Cesar was asking why wasn't Florentino good enough to stay? Because JJ wanted somebody that's physical in that position somebody that's going to body somebody off off the ball somebody that that is going to win balls on the rasa uh i think that's that is the type of six that jj uh envisioned for for this team and that's the one reason why he went to get my ted but maybe my ted doesn't have the intensity that jj likes to play in that six position i'm just look i'm just i'm just I'm throwing shit against the wall. Uh, see if anything sticks. You guys nicer but, than me because I would just answer simply. Same reason why he ain't playing Egetaf. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure one has to do with He's Egetaf. playing Egetaf. He's getting he? some getting some minutes there. Okay. Yeah. 11 um, appearances. But look, I, I mean, yeah. Anyway, um, let's, let's talk about this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's 42 minutes in. We're still talking about the game. Um, look, I, I, I thought that... that that sporting was just better across the across the line. Um, the other thing, the, the the substitutions, man. I get Yaramchuk. I saw Yaramchuk coming in, and I thought that okay, well, uh, he took out um, maybe he took out the Darwin and he put Yaramchuk. Now he's or he's he took out some he took out Everton whatever he put. Now he's gonna play with two guys. He takes out Lazaru. And instead of taking advantage of that opportunity to go to four guys across the back, right? He puts everything doing the whole uh, right-hand uh, corridor. Only to correct that mistake <laughs> in the 74th minute. 
So 25 minutes later, he's he's correcting that mistake when he brought in Gilberto. He had a perfect opportunity. Slide Andre Almeida to 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 the right right back. Otamendi and Vertonghen in the in the middle. Grimaldo and left and put two guys up front. Put two guys up front. But who am I? Um, Listen, Sporting started out the game very aggressive. It's as if they wanted to send a message. Um, on the very first foul of the game, I think it was the first foul of the game by Fidel. He got a yellow. Paulinho comes in hooting and hollering. He gets a yellow. Um, I, I think, look, you know, I think Sporting, were, throughout the 90 minutes, Sporting was the better team, hands down. But um, I thought Sporting got very lucky. 1-0 towards towards the end of the first half. Paulinho clearly fouls Grimaldo from behind. Um, never touched ball, nothing like that. Referee lets that play on. Sporting comes on a counter or whatever. But it's, he calls that foul. It's a second yellow. I thought they were – for a team that's, that's always crying and a fan base that's always crying, I had my Sporting Easter fans calling me all week as soon as they found out Artur Suarez Diaz was the referee that, oh, this guy loves giving us credit cards. Oh, credit cards. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yellow cards. And then, and then my boy John, the minute that – like I mentioned, that Fedal and, and then Paulinho, that first foul, he calls me right away. I told you. I told you. So then I, I called him and I said – what about now? I mean, but again, it happens. So I just wanted to mention for those crybabies that say that they're always getting treated unfairly that I thought, and again, look, I, they, they were still the better team, but maybe that had no effect on the game. But I just wanted to mention they got very lucky on that one play. But besides that, I think I think Sporting had more intent. I think Sporting did a better job of applying pressure when they needed to. I thought they did a better job as a team of moving up. And, you know, as one, defending as one, attacking as one, they had Benfica always second-guessing. They never had answers for these guys. And, and look, they were missing two of their three best players, obviously, Coates and, and um, Palinha. And I think Benfica and Jorge Jesus took that lightly. I thought they figured without those two guys, that Sporting was just going to come into the lose and pack things in and, you know, not really try to come out of the back. And I think Sporting surprised JJ. And, and JJ really didn't have any answers for that. At halftime, he, he just could not adapt. As you mentioned before, brings out um, Lazaro, who didn't, you know, estava apagado, and then he puts in Everton. And I'll never understand this. People want to sit here, and not to defend Everton, but people want to sit here and kill, criticize Everton for, for playing poorly. But, like, dude, I, I know Benfica. Again, let's go back. You want to blame it on the scouting? Let's blame it on the scouting. I know Benfica bought Everton for $23 million. They didn't say, man, we're going to buy this guy because he's a hell of a freaking defender. That guy could do the whole <laughs> flank. I, I, I just – I know for a fact that couldn't have been the thought process. So why are you putting a guy in an unfamiliar position and then expecting a the guy to perform at that level? I just – I don't comprehend. Uh, yeah, me either. That, that baffled me. That really baffled me. But it's not the first time that I remember I no, mentioned to you not. when we played in the Tasa, when we tied sport, it was a three, three or whatever the hell it was. He played same thing. Right. I'm like, what the hell is I just, how do you ask a guy that's never in his life had any defensive responsibilities? Never. And I, and I get it. I get it. Cause I've had somebody tell, well, Chris, European football, everybody has a response. Yes. Everybody has a responsibility, but like, there's a limit to it. They're not tracking back to the flag, to the corner flag, to, bro. They get to a certain area. And then the, the defense, the, everybody else takes, you know, takes over, but bro, come on to ask a guy that's never done that to do it in such a big game. And all of a sudden you're wondering why the guy is not taking, bro, his confidence ought to be shot. 
This is a good question here by Mark Mello. Do you think JJ is 100% committed to Benfica? I'm not sure that he is. Look, I guarantee you this. I think JJ is 100% committed to JJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That I could guarantee you. As far as Benfica, I just don't understand. We've seen it. Guys, if you recall last season, how many times I came out and hollered and screamed that Benfica is like in a do or die situation, a pressure pressure cook situation, and he's sitting on the sidelines like, that. that's not the JJ I know. The hell? Did he leave his passion in South America? Wow, well, guys, they have blood pressure high, man. You have to, the, the doctors probably told him, you got to take it easy, Cara tá pensando, vou tomar uma caipirinha lá no Rio, cara. Tomar uma caipirinha. Lá no Rio, ele gosta de mim pra caralho. Yo, they were singing his name the other day. Mister. Yo, maybe their own name boys need to sing. Mister. Mister. (laughs) Maybe they'll motivate him. I don't know. What what was that thing that he did with his face? Yeah. He did something into the the camera, yeah. Oh, you haven't seen that meme, dude? You haven't seen that meme? Must he have was done everything Brazil. else. I think I remember. I think he did, and he blew the kiss or whatever. Yeah, JJ I, yeah. needs to go back to Brazil and and uh, farm uh, iguanas. Wasn't it also in Brazil that he sh- he's, he's like shish shish to the to the to the squirrel or whatever it was like yeah, squirrel? Yeah, yeah squirrel in Brazil. It was an iguana. What? You're like, there's no squirrels in Brazil? No. How do you know? It's too hot. I think they're only here in North America. Yeah. No, they're there in Portugal too, right? Very rare. Hey, this gotta very, be one. Very, this very. gotta be one crazy brazuca that's taking one back in his suitcase. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, uh, they, yo, they, they, yo, maybe they watch was uh, the chipmunks on TV and they want to take. Well, come on, this gotta be a. There's gotta be a, a squirrel well, in Brazil. Now, chip, chipmunks is different from squirrels. Uh, they might family. be in the same family. But, same yeah. family, bro. Dave, some stats on this game so we can move on to the, to what's next. Yeah, uh, not uh, some good positive stats here for Benfica. The uh, last time, uh, the last four times Sporting has uh, beaten Benfica at the Estadio de Luz, they've scored uh, three uh, three or more goals, and this goes all the way back to uh, 20, uh, 2004. So uh, the only time uh, they beat us at home, they are, they're at least scoring three, uh, three goals, which they've done once again uh, this past Friday. And uh, Benfica right now has the um, same amount of points and record through 13 games as they did at this point uh, last season. Ten wins, one draw, uh, two defeats. No COVID excuse, though, this year. Yeah, that's what I think like about uh, three weeks, four weeks ago was the time that everything started falling apart. So coincidentally, it's all at the same time. But Christina, let me ask you this. What now? What's uh, what's next for Benfica after... Um, losing this game to to sporting uh understanding that sporting and porto have already played each other uh and any home field advantage that benfica could have taken from a game like this is now is now gone uh we have uh two matches with with porto uh coming up at the end of this of this month um one of them is for the portuguese cup which could at the Dragon, which could very well dictate our, our exit from the, the Portuguese Cup. Obviously, I, I want to try to stay positive about this, but I don't know if there's uh, enough positive that could help this team. Uh, and then you got the week after, you got the uh, um, the game also at the Dragon for the league. So at the end of December, we could basically be uh, in the Europa League because tomorrow is still a big question mark. It's by any means going to be easy. 
uh, we have a Kuvilian game where we need to beat Kuvilian by three goals and understanding how bad we have been in front of goal, that could be a, a challenge. Uh, we got Porto for the Portuguese Cup. We got Porto for, for the league. Um, what, what do you think we're going to be at the end of this month of December, man? Alfred, I, I think I answered this question before. Well, answer it again because I don't remember hearing it. Yeah, I, 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 I said, you know, well, first of all, I'll answer directly now and then I'll get to that point, which is I know it's a cliche, but I think Benfica needs to attack every game. The next game, as that's just a game, game by game. Next game is the most important game. We'll worry about Porto when we get to Porto. Right now, I think what's at stake is the spot and the knockout stage. Obviously, it, it's not all of our control. We could still win the game 20-0 and Barca wins, and we're still going to the Europa League. We're not going to go through. So we're going to need a little bit of help, but Benfica has to handle their business. And then we'll worry about the next game, the next game. Now, to answer your question in terms of, you know, what about the rest of the month? I answered it before. If the club doesn't have the confidence that – or if the club is looking at these next three games, four games, entering Kublion, whatever, if they're looking at these next four games as the key deciding factor as to whether we're going to make a decision and keep JJ or let him go, you got to let him go now because that means you're not fully committed to the guy. And if you're not fully committed, you got to let him go now because you can't risk not having the team on the same page. And you can risk being out of the Taça of Portugal. You can risk being seven points back in the, in, in, in the Portuguese league. So I, I answered that before. Benfica, I don't know. I'm not there. Rui Costa has to make that decision. Either you're going to ride or die. If you're if you're a Rui Costa, if you're in Rui Costa's shoes right now, are you having exploratory conversations? 100%. With 100%. At least Be, exploratory, right? 100%. To gauge where they're at. I, I need to know because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the fact is the f the fact and I don't think anyone could deny this. You could you could try to minimize Flamingo all you want. The fact is that there is that cloud in the room that my JJ could just say, you know what? F this. I'm out. Flamingo is, has made it known that they're interested in bringing him back. So if tomorrow, if Flamingo got money, they got guap. If Flamingo comes in tomorrow after the game and says, I am Easter. Cara, te vou pagar seis milhões por ano, você vem? And Jay says, yo, Benfica, I'll pay the two dollars a season, two million dollars a season. I'm out. Right? And they offer him a, you know, whatever, a, a four-year, $18 million, whatever. That's crazy money for him to turn down. And then he leaves. Well, Benfica, vai ficar com o pau na mão? Benfica should be having, until that's settled, Benfica should be having, Benfica needs to worry about themselves. And they should be having these conversations. They should be preparing themselves for next season and preparing themselves for the unknown. Because my thing, as I've mentioned to you before, they could win. I believe this in the bottom of my heart. Benfica could turn around, win the Campeonato, recover the point def uh, the, the deficiency, win the Campeonato, and JJ still not coming back next season. So they should absolutely be having exploratory talks with people. And I don't want to hear about Peppa and nothing like that. I want to... I wanna. If you're gonna give me a coach, there's let's, only let's, there's only. Let's let's. Who are you? Who are your uh, top three names? The guy I'd go after is Marcelo Gallardo. I think he's a really good young coach, young whatever you know. Um, he's had success in South America. He had a very good career in European football. So it's not like a guy that's played his whole career in South America. Is not aware of what's going on in Europe. He knows he knows what it takes to win in Europe. And, and, and the biggest reason why I do that is because. 
I look at a guy like Marcelo Gallardo, and I'm hoping and praying that by him joining Benfica that he's getting Di Maria, Otamendi, Paulo Aymar, Saviola, Enzo Perez, these guys. And I don't mean those guys particularly, but those guys at 19 years old, before they became Otamendi, before they became Di Maria, I'm hoping we get those guys. Well, we, and it's because well, we well, got away from that. Well, We've listen, gotten we, away from that. Well, we had a we had an interesting conversation, you and I, um, where we were talking about Benfica's strategy in terms of, of going and grab players, right? And the strategy was, and I think you used both your name and, and my name. Do they go get a, a, an Alfredo who's 28 years old that's, that's established, or do they go get a young Cristiano 19 years old? And I think that we both reached the conclusion that they were going to go get the 19-year-old, the improved 19-year-old, albeit talented, because that's the guy that they can make the most money out of. Well, what I was saying is if – if, and I asked you, and so for the, for you guys listening, I asked Alfredo, if you had to identify a sector that you'd want to reinforce. So I said, I don't care for you. You want to go forward, midfielder, def- whatever, pick out. So let's just – we went with forward, right, just for the, for the sake of, of, of my little example. So you think we need a striker – and we identify we absolutely need a striker uh, because this team needs goals. We need somebody to create up top. And so, fine, we go get a striker. And we scouts, as you mentioned before, scouts come back. JJ says, I need this type of striker. Scouts come back with Alfredo Fumas, who's 29 years old. The guy walks into the starting 11 today. He's going to help us today. He's going to help us immediately on the, on, on the standings, on the score sheet. And then we got this other kid, 22 years old, Cristiano Oliveira. Not as polished as, as, as Alfredo. He's got a lot of talent, but I think, you know, we signed Cristiano in two years, three years. If, if he hits his stride, we could sell the guy for triple, quadruple, 40, 50, 80, 100 million dollars. Who do you think the club's signing? They're not signing the 29-year-old guy that's going to give you guarantees today. They're going to sign the 22-year-old that we might or we might not sell in a few years. And that's broken. That way of, of, of signing is broken. You need to identify what the problems is. You need to attack the market, and you need to bring in those guys to help you strengthen today. Not for two, three years down the line. You need today. So, uh, Gallardo, who else are you looking at in the short list? Short list. Uh, is, is, I don't know. It, 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 somebody I'm not really crazy about, but Jardim. He's Portuguese. If you want to stick with the whole Portuguese thing, is he a possibility? I know he's had success. He just won the Champions League over there in Asia. I guess if you want to go Portuguese, I mean, if I go Portuguese, if any of the guys that's available, I'd go after Paulo Fonseca, but I don't think he's coming. I know Benfica had conversations, and you and I were in the same dinner when, when I was told this, Alfredo. Benfica had conversations with him, and the minute he mentioned how much it would take just the first coaching staff, not even including him, Benfica didn't even return his call. Forget it. It was over. So I And now I think he's in line for a much bigger job. There's rumors he might take over Newcastle, and Newcastle's the richest team in the world. So I'm looking at Benfica, looking at that, I'm going to that all day, every day. But that's the guy I would sign. I, I, I like his philosophy. I like his, his style. But, I mean, to, to be really honest with you, Alfredo, I've been stuck on Marcelo Gallardo. That has been my number one. I haven't even looked at anyone else. I've just I haven't even taken the time to consider anyone else. That's the guy I would go get. I don't want to hear about Abel. Abel, come on, dude. I know you no, want to No, I, th- I think I um, Abel is never going to amount to more than a guy that is able to coach a Guimarães and a Braga uh, of this life because he's a motivator. I think that he's short when it comes to um, tactical um, genius, if you will. 
for look, I'm not discrediting the 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 wonderful job he's done, but I just don't think he's is a big team. Oh, you coach watch his teams yet. play. You watch his teams play. I mean, we. He, I I think you ask him seriously. Right off the mic, I don't. He doesn't even tell how he won those games. Like he let a, but the front it's, it's, it's effort and motivation. Like, that, it's that's effort and want? motivation. That's what you want. No, I, I, that, that's not what I want. No, no, I I'm not saying I you. I don't mean. I don't mean you, Alfred. I'm saying you as That's what you want to be, Fika. Come on, dude. That's not. I mean, um, for me, is uh, Fonseca obviously Jardine and and, um, and Paiva. I was never done it at this level. I can't. I can't get the guy out like that. Uh, and the reason why I'm with Piva is because he knows the structure inside out. He knows the formation inside out. Um, and he, he's a guy with very set ideas in terms of what the formation should look like to be somewhat of a feeder to the main team, not the main feeder, but to every every once every year. One to two guys be promoted to the to the main team. I'm I'm with see, as Alfred. If you and I know we've had conversations and and there's look where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Where there's rats in the locker room, right? If that is indeed the case, you bring in a guy like Pivo, no experience. Look, think about it. They did it to Vitoria Lodge, who had tremendous success, and now they did it to a guy like JJ. Yeah. They're gonna eat a coach like that up who has no experience at this level. Get I him out it, of the club too. Yep, how many think, how many years have we been saying that they've yep. been the constant cancer in this locker room? I, I and- think at this team and at this junction, we we need to be looking at the locker room and we need to be getting rid of guys that are, are just cancer. What Benfica um, needs more important, more than anything else, obviously, in that locker room, we need a culture. We need a, a way of playing. We need everybody buying in. We need a we need like everybody criticized Otamendi, you know, Porto type, whatever. We need more of those guys. No nonsense guys that are here to do the job. We're professionals. We're going to, we need guys that go in on every ball 50 50, and in particular, in a big derby like this, man. You don't need any freaking motivation. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I, um, I'm going to respond to Hugo here. I think that, um, that Pippa has been doing a good job, but I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's just there. I really don't. I think he's been doing a good job. I think that he, um, he needs to prove himself a little bit more. Uh, because he's, 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 I don't know. It's just from what I've seen, and I've, I've been actually following his career as, as coach. He's, he's done, uh, he's done well everywhere he's been. Um, I just don't know if he's the guy for, for, for the job at Benfica. I would like a, a high profile guy, um, that's been around, and I know that Piva falls out of that, and maybe Piva is probably my number three. Uh, but uh, Leonardo Jardim, I know that there was talks at some point about Leonardo Jardim. He said he wasn't ready to come back to Portugal. Uh, Fonseca, as Cristiano mentioned, he might be um, he, he might be on a slot to to take over uh, Newcastle. Uh, so those would be the the three guys that would be my my option. Now, look, we need someone that's had success. We need someone that knows how to straighten out a locker room, that knows how to implement a system. And, and, and as much as I hate to say it, <laughs> we need someone that knows how to adapt young players. I don't believe in this whole f- adapt up, bring up the whole B team. But we need someone to be able to use those guys to to develop the the, the Gonzalo Rums. If he is ever going to hit his stride, we need to develop these guys. We need to get these guys some opportunity. Paulo Bernardo is coming up next year. We need to get someone that knows how to – Motivate these kids, get them on the right line. We need a tremendous communicator, but at the most important, we need someone that's had success. Forget this rolling. I know, ladies and gentlemen, it's happened with Ruben Amuri. I understand. 
but that's that's one in a hundred or yeah. a million or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So not that, and again, not knocking Pep. I just don't think he's got the experience yet. He's been good with the smaller sides. He's he's had some success in the Portuguese league, but he hasn't really had that sustained success. We, you know, in order to take a Benfica job, you should need more than oh, I played at Benfica twenty years ago, or thirty years ago. I think we need to have a resume that gives us Benfica's assurances and confidence that you can get the job done. You need to look coaching at Vitória Guimarães, which is the biggest club he's ever coached, is a totally different beast than coaching at Benfica. Benfica is the pressure, yeah. the highlight. It's totally, look, he's played there, but as a player, and for those of you in North America that are listening to this, and you're not that familiar with the way things are in Portugal, in the Portuguese, it's, it's nowhere like here. You've seen the MLS and MLB, NHL, the players have to talk and they come out. Bro, if you're a player for Benfica, you've never seen a camera in front of your face. Never. It's been on the sides. Right. Nobody. You never had answers. So I know he played at Benfica. He should be accustomed to all that attention, but it's it's not the same. And so, Shiku, uh, is that the is clause thirty million uh, that Amorim has at Sporting? Um, I'm pretty sure. He I might he might have that clause, that but he he may also have the uh, no it's rival a, clause. You know, you know our 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 friend Hugo, his dad said, "Epa, with all this money that Benfica spending all these shit players, just play." Just, just go out and get a Murin and trigger a Murin's release clause. <laughs> yeah, but they gotta have like an anti-rival uh, clause. Yeah, but aren't those illegal? Sure. Aren't those illegal? I think they went to Taz last year to court. And yeah, I, think those I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, turning our attention to Dinam Kiev, another important game for Benfica that happens this Wednesday or tomorrow as we record this. Uh, match day six, Dave. With uh, where are we at with this? Well, uh, with this setting. Game? Yeah, setting the stage here for Benfica to qualify for the knockout uh, rounds of the Champions League. Benfica must win tomorrow against Dinamo Kiev and have Bayern not lose to Barcelona. Uh, match will be in Bayern Munich behind uh, closed doors. No fans due to uh, new COVID restrictions in uh, Germany. But uh, I believe the... Uh, the quote going around the world uh, today was uh, uh, Byron's coach coming out and saying, don't worry, we'll be uh, fielding our, our strongest uh, lineup. I'll uh, wait to see how that uh, plays out. I'm not going to hold uh, hold too much hope on that. But uh, like I said here before the uh, podcast uh, got rolling here, I'm not having the, uh, the highest um, hopes of tomorrow's match. Just Dinamo coming into this match. They're currently tied with Shakhtar for first in the Ukrainian league with 44 points. And uh, their record since our initial meeting back in September, uh, nine wins, one draw, six losses. Before we move on, I'm going to start calling Dave Nene on our podcast. Because Nene well, would play a full 90 you. minutes. The guy came out squeaky clean. And Dave always comes out of these podcasts squeaky clean. I'm always putting my neck on the chopping block. And yet, we don't put Dave in the what's it, the guillotine, whatever it's called. Dave's nowhere near that. Dave, what is your opinion? Real quick. Bring back Jade. Well, bring back. Obviously, he's there. Continue with Jade to the end of the year. Start looking at Alfredo. We got we to, come on, put some pressure on the lad. No, if... if He's already dead man walking. So if that's the case, the only thing is by releasing him at this stage while we're only four points, are you already sending the white flag out to the fan base that this this is a lost season? 
that's my only concern or that that's the only thing that I don't know how that perception goes out to the fan base. It's easier to do it after the end of the month, right? Something that you don't want to see necessarily, Chris, you kind of want to get the ball going and getting that new guy in here, getting used to the team. So he's ready for those big matches. But I think it's just a harder, uh, harder message to send to the, the, the supporters when you're four points out rather than seven points out. I agree with you. But if you really believe that this guy is not the right guy for your system, for your team, whatever, don't wait until the house comes crashing and just the roof comes crashing and just, I think, and again, that's the only they can make that decision. So, but I, I good, that's if, a good they had, if they had, remember, we used to use the Bruno Lage balls uh, term over here. If they, if they're that confident and that's what they're going by, then make that. But I don't see nobody in this uh, front office with those, uh, those size of uh, cojones to make that call right now. I think he goes. I think he's going to Flamingo. No, he's to, definitely to, going. This week, this week or like a month? No, or... he goes at well, the they're, end of December. They're, they're, in their, they're in their off season right now. So yeah, I, I don't January, I don't, January I don't, starts their... I don't have my Brazil on dates on me, so excuse me. <laughs> but uh, No, he's definitely... He's definitely he's, uh, there's I no doubt in my mind that, that that's where he ends up. Whether it's at the end of the Portuguese season or now in the winter transfer... It may very well be because here's the thing. If the players feel that he could be gone with a poor December, the players are going to push. They're going to they're gonna make his bed. No, not these guys. Come on. No. More respect for these guys. Come on. They're going to make his bed. But but anyway. The only guy that will be busting his ass will be Adel Tarap. Otamendi. Tarap is the only dude that gave him a chance. Tarap will be Otamendi too. Of course, Otamendi doesn't matter. Me, you, coaching, he's going to bust his ass, so. Um, what do you call, um, uh, Dave, did you have anything? Or are you good? No, you good no, no, Kiev? we're, we're good here. So, um, Kiev really with nothing to lose. Uh, but here's the thing. Do they want to avenge that, uh, that tide that, uh, they should have won in their first game? I think it's a little bit removed. Wait, didn't the manager throw out some type of snarky remark yesterday? He said, make sure you watch the game. There's going to be some, some, or whatever. He's going to see something happen, magic yeah. or something. I think he, he did. He insinuated something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> and, sa- and says that it says it is right to plus three for Bayern. And, and I, here's the thing with Bayern. And Bayern's not doing it because it's a favor for Benfica, obviously. Uh, if I'm Bayern, I'm looking at it in two ways, right? For one, you have a chance to kill a team now off the, the knockout stages that you may or may not meet later because Barcelona, albeit had a bad start, they're improve, improving little by little with, with Xavi, right? So you have a chance to kill somebody, to kill a team right now so you don't have to face them later, you kill them. Uh, the I don't know if they're thing- improving, Alfredo. They were 10 points behind Real Madrid when it took over. They're 16 now. So I think they're going back. <laughs> closer to the bottom than I'm, they are the I'm top. I'm just saying. I'm just stating that. Yeah, so, but, but, but I think they, that they'll eventually get there. The media has hyped it up as they're improving. But go ahead. Continue, Alfredo. I'm sorry. Um, the other thing that I'm looking at is this whole Messi winning the, the Ballon d'Or and Lewandowski That's being being, uh, being being snubbed. I think it's it's a good opportunity f- because they feel that German football is being snubbed. It's not well, the Mueller first time. Muller said it. Muller said it. Right. It, and it's not the first time. If you remember, we had that thing with Ribery. At Ribery, that he had a magnificent year, and he ended up losing the the, the golden ball uh, for either Messi or, or Ronaldo. I don't know who it was. Uh, and then 
uh, Modric won the Golden Ball while he was at at uh, at Real Madrid. Madrid. So, so I think that at this point, I think that Bayern wants to prove something. So I'm looking at those two factors, and obviously Mueller already said we're, we're gonna we're gonna go at it. We're gonna go at it. Nagel's already said for today. us to be, to be relaxed. But here's the thing: we don't need to worry about that. Let's worry about ourselves. That's yeah. what we need to do. No, so sort of to, uh, with our with not our luck, but with the way things have gone, Byron will spank them eight zero again, and then we'll, we'll struggle with the <laughs> we'll get a, a one one draw, one one draw, and you won't you won't get past it. Um, but yeah, they're they're um, Kiev is 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 locked in with Shakhtar on top of the Ukrainian Premier League, uh, both with forty four points. Um, Kiev plays on a weekend after the Benfica game. Kiev plays the fourth place team, and Shakhtar plays the sixth place uh, team. So um, I don't know if Kiev is going to come into Lisbon and, and rest some players because they they feel that with Europa comp- Bro, European competition gone, we maybe play Kuvlian. Got- Do we rest players? <laughs> <laughs> no, we play Family. Knowing Cup. that we need to score oh, it's three a plus Cup? goals. Yeah, oh. I yeah, thought yeah, it was yeah, yeah. I'm lol. I'm. That's coming up later on this month. Totally. Yeah. Family Cup, Dave. Uh, What's Fomalico up to? Uh, this season, they're in uh, currently in 14th position with uh, 10 points from two wins, four draws, uh, seven defeats. They've conceded the second most uh, goals this season with uh, 24 goals conceded through 13 uh, games. Only Santa Clara has conceded more with uh, 26. Uh, not in the best of form right now, coming off back-to-back. Uh, league defeats against uh, Portimines. Uh, 3-0 defeat, and she'll be sent uh, this past weekend a 4-0 uh, defeat. Uh, video was going around on uh, social media there, Twitter. Uh, fans were displeased after the uh, 4-0 uh, defeat against she'll be sent. So a lot of pressure on their head coach. I thought he was going to get fired, but it uh, looks like he's still there. Uh, and credit to them, to- Dave, for sitting there and taking it in. They sat there. Shh, you're going to listen to us. Hey, that was it was old school. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, out of those uh, two wins, none of them or, or both of them have come away from from the stadium. Famalicão has yet to win a game at home, but Benfica also has the reputation of raising the dead because that's what we like to do. <laughs> so, does Famalicão still have that link up with Mendes and Valencia and all them lone players? I don't. I'm I don't, not sure. I, I don't know, attention. man. They had a nice sure. little team. They had a nice little team a couple seasons ago, and they had those link ups. So. Um, before COVID struck, but yeah, yeah. Benfica um, always makes the one thing is for sure. Benfica always makes things interesting. They're yeah. in the Vodamakabazada or they or they struggle, so it's interesting either way. Yeah, Cristiano, I think that uh, you saying that you like Gallardo probably answers this uh, question by Chico Morslino. What do you guys think about a non-Portuguese coach? Maybe thinking outside the box and trying to find the next big German coach or something like that. <laughs> or Argentina. That's what Or Argentina. Or Argentina. I mean, the Germans, um, dude, I love a German coach. I mean, look, first of all, I don't give a sh- where you're from. I, I like just a good coach. How about that? A good coach. Yeah, but, that's it. But the language barrier, man, that's the thing, you know? Portuguese and German, those dois are falar um para outro, but here's Look at Walsh. Listen, but listen to me, Cristiano. Every player knows some sort of English. So the problem is not is not the is not going to be the coach. Not JJ. It is the coach if if it's JJ. He JJ only speaks Portuguese and poorly. In Spanish. Even, oh, chencha. He speaks Spanish. Or chencha yocho. 
Chencha Chocho. Yeah, Bruno, I'm with you, man. I don't think uh, I don't think it's going to be easy, and I'm kind of leaning towards a tie. To be Bro, honest, things are you. so bad in Benfica land that I'm wearing an MLS shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Timo says we need to worry about Benfica winning first. I I agree, man. Timo. But if we can't win, then what? Timo got to give the players some Jaeger before the match. <laughs> Maybe they'll Maybe show a little bit more attitudes. Um, so I I don't know, man. It's um, it's tough. But, but look, it, we want we want Benfica in these games, right? Ultimately, yeah. Um, ultimately, I think if when when the draw came out, we all understood that Barca wasn't exactly the strongest Barcelona of the last 15, 20 years or so. But I I think we all would have signed up. Coming into the last um, latch, last match, whatever it's called, match day of, 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 you know, group stage with Barcelona going to Bayern Munich and Benfica needing a win at home against Kiev. You know, we would have signed up for that. Um, well, yeah, that, well, that's that's the spin. That's the JJ spin. Uh, we never thought we'd be fighting with Bayern and and Barcelona to make it into the round. Of I mean, 16. but it's but it's true. No, I mean, yeah. look, look at last year. We didn't even make the competition. The year before that, we got eliminated right away. The year before that, it was it was the worst in the history of Portuguese clubs. So I, I think this is an improvement. <laughs> Not yeah, trying to spin it, but the, yeah, it, but Dave, compared to the last time we were in the Champions League, this is an improvement. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's uh, but yeah, it's it's a to me, it's a JJ always, always finds a way to 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 spin it favorably. But, but yeah, he's he's not wrong when he says that for sure. Um, but certainly, you know, this is the worst Barcelona team that we've played or that has played in Europe for 20 years, Cristiano. Could we say that? 20 years? Uh, 15, 15. 15. Okay. I think the last the last really putrid, terrible team they had might have been like 04 or 05. It was right right before like before the year Quaresma was there, Ronaldinho got there that first year. They weren't really, but then after that, they took off. Yeah. I mean, it was so bad. No, I'm not even gonna go there. But leave it alone. I'm not gonna crack on nobody. Um, but the, 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 the ugliest in history. Plot twist: Portugal. Lo- hey, pa, for this. Hey, <laughs> no, meu Deus. Hey, pa. Deus. If that happens, I quit the podcast. Neil, Plot twist: Portugal. Neil, loses get your to voice Italy. ready. Portugal loses to Italy in March, and Santos is sacked, and voila, new Benfica manager. No effing way, man. No effing way. I'll, I'll boycott. No effing way. I'll go watch he's the, the Rebels. I'll go watch the, the Rebels. That's, that's coached the big three and been fired by all big three, has he not? Yeah, but he won the Penta at Porto, so. Yeah. Well, we I'm all know how, how, we all know how that Penta ah, was won. I mean, he loves sempre. Not today. Even a blind man can drive a Tesla. Cuidado if that battery don't blow up on you, though. <laughs> Bums, hey, Epa, these guys just like Thank antagonizing us. Fernando's <laughs> son. Oh, 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 Carlos. Oh, oh Diogo. Vai, vai dar uma volta, pa. Trapa Tony available. Yeah. Uh, Carlos, Carlos, Carlos I'm not saying, Xavier, Abel. Uh, Fernando Sanchez said he'd never return to Benfica. Rest easy. I hope so. Chico. Why, 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 why was he even answering why, that question? Why, why would why? any, why would anybody even pose that question to him? That, that's the real crime in it. <laughs> why would he even entertain it? Jesus Christ, you don't want that guy. Well, at some point, he was a hot commodity. 
So maybe that's when the question and was And who's asked. mine? The Greek Federation's after, Oh, yeah, he still after, is, yes. <laughs> after after you won the European Championship. That nah, he come on. How. A tail, a nail, some cool. I doubt he's, he's foi um milagre da Nossa Senhora de Fátima, pá. Estou convencido. I mean, agora basta que vamos andar 100 anos como com o Bela Gume, não pagar por esse favor, por esse, mira, por esse milagre. Ne, Nelson Carvalho says Mourinho will be available soon. See, I, yeah, I, I that's, could, he's the I next could, Portuguese uh, national team. I, I, I'm, I, I could throw Mourinho and JJ in the same bag, which are, are coaches that have given a lot to the sport, that have made a, a name, and I know that Mourinho more of a name than JJ, but are coaches that have failed to kind of evolve with the times. Dave. Alfredo must have been sleeping at the beginning of the podcast when I mentioned all you that. You said that, but I I don't always listen to everything that you're saying because I got to yo. I got to run a show. That that's a smart. That's why we get along with each other. I don't. You don't uh, I don't. You don't pay attention I'm, to anything I say. I I just don't show up and turn on the mic and I just bullshit. There's things that I'm doing in the background, except, man. That's why except I, when uh, Chris and I start talking about other sports and then yeah, uh, yeah he just the, presses uh, live. Go live, Chris. <laughs> Giampiero Gasparini from Atlanta. Oh, Would you take him? What? Yesterday, but he's there's no way he, he oh, Chico, crack, that dude, that's that's an orgasm waiting to happen. But that guy will never come, no, why not? Uh-uh. Why not? Because he's got the yeah, yeah, Juventus, Milan, he had all the big teams gushing over themselves with their legs wide open. He's like, nah, I'm good. Look, he's got a nice thing going for him at Atalanta. Yeah, he does, he does. You know, he's had that's very, a, that, very, that's yeah. another example of taking players that were not superstars and making them a tremendous a really good team. That dude, he, and they play football. He gets results. He gets the best out of his players, and and it's attractive football. It's beautiful to watch. I mean, that dude would be would be a dream come true. So now, what Benfica needs to identify is other coaches in other leagues that play that similar system, right? And go get those guys. Kike Flores, Yo, you know, I I used to like the Freddies, but I'm starting to think the Freddies are enjoying nah, our they're, agony, they're, and they're, they're just gaslighting us. Yeah, they're, they're, they're for sure. gaslighting us. Look, Carlos sure. is right. I just got nausea. He's right. Oh, yo, guys, Alfredo's the glue. This, how much you pay this guy, <laughs> Carlos? We're gonna we're gonna blur you out from now on, Carlos. Uh, he's the glue. He knows what I'm talking about. If you guys only knew what's going on here behind the scenes while Cristiano is just bullshitting. And I appreciate it because it allows me to do all the things that I need to do, post put comment, comments up, so on and so forth. So I like that. It ain't that. easy, bro. It ain't it, easy saying how many stupid things sh- I say. It, it we'll put my face out there. <laughs> it's <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for checking us out. Hey, oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> this is, oh, Dave, we're going to boycott. This is embarrassing. This is like this is like JJ. Benfica gets a result, and JJ coming out by oh, so my order, and then all his boys come on the chat. This is embarrassing. Harrington Hog, no, that dude, that Harrington Hog, that guy is <laughs> the next. Turned down United. He's the no, he's the next United manager. Yeah, you yeah, think so? He ain't. Yeah, well, next next summer, I think he'll be. I think uh, Rangadinich. Look, gotta go get Rangadinich, whatever his name is. The Red Bulls turned him down. But he's at United, and Chris Armas is part of his coaching staff, which to me that's. But um, but that's who who look, I, I Tengog whatever he's gonna be the next manager at, at, at United, and then Rangic whatever he'll be available. Talk about a German guy, a guy that knows how to build youth systems, that knows how to build whole program programs. It's not a bad shout. Yep. All right, hey, everybody. Thanks, thanks for the love. Lampard is available. He can still. I bet you can still play in our midfield. 
Thanks for the love, everyone. <laughs> Next week we'll be back. We'll uh, we'll look back at the Kiev game and the Famalicão game, and we'll look ahead to Kuvlia, another important game that's coming up. And then we we'll, we'll, we have Porto right after that, right, Dave? Maritimo before Mar- uh, Maritimo and then Porto. Uh, this 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 is getting this is. Uh, Let's Alfredo. shut it down. Shut uh, it down, Alfredo. Shut this down, man. I mean, yo, what, you you sending them the the GoFundMe money? Not GoFundMe. What's it called? The Patreon. Patreon. You sending these guys the Patreon money? We got, I gotta speak to Nunu Sergio if you can. But we, I want to know where this money's going. We need an audit. We need an audit because I see these guys. <laughs> we need a, a general in, assembly. Uh, like like yeah, Benfica's. Like Benfica's like audit. Like the promised that yeah, it will be done by the end of October. Yes, yes. Maybe it came out. We just didn't hear about it. <laughs> I don't know. Take care, everyone. Have a great week. Stay safe out there. Later. Carrega Benfica. Benfica.